Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, Michael McGowan from Sales Virtual works with ambitious SMEs that want to take sales seriously. Michael joins us now to provide us with an insight into his approach to selling. But Michael, before we discuss that, provide us with an insight into your own background. Good morning, Carl. Delighted to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, so I started my career actually in marketing a good number of years ago now. I started with Saatchi and Saatchi in London. So actually, I like a marketing and uh, advertising background. I worked in the mail order business as well, and I what now will be called online ordering, I suppose. I also worked in the US and the UK extensively. I built my early sales career in American Express, and I think that probably had a big influence on me because it it gave me training when there was very little training available in the sales area. But I founded a sales consultancy in 2004, really based on my sales experience, where I felt that salespeople needed a lot better training and a lot better resources and tools. And I've been really running that since 2004. And I founded Sales Virtual last year more to reflect the whole new way of selling that is going to be the norm in the future. You've got to move with with the times as well. And Sales Virtual, I believe, is born out of the DEI group in New York City. What can you tell us about them and their systematic approach to selling processes? Yeah, so I came across them in the early uh, noughties, a guy called Stephen Schiffman. And um, that's where I would have learned a lot of my if you like, systematic and structured approach to sales. Some people say it's the American approach to sales, but to me, it's just putting structure around your sales approach. And uh, DEI, uh, it's been sold on now in the meantime, but they uh, were one of the top training companies in the US, but they really introduced what would nowadays be called data-driven selling. They were extremely systematic. Everything was based on, if you like, the data that you gather and they also were very practical in their approach. They actually gave salespeople tools that worked. And some of the biggest sales teams in the world, like LexisNexis and Reuters, for example, they were all DEI trained. And in a way, they were one of the companies that I suppose developed a lot of the modern approaches to sales, which are now, of course, much more systematic, much more structured, much more programmatic, for example. And the pandemic has certainly seen a shift towards selling online. Has this altered the sales skills that are required by businesses? I think it's altered the execution of the skills. I think the principles remain the same where a salesperson is expected to be, if you like, a trusted advisor or a respected advisor. In other words, you go to a salesperson because you believe that the advice that they're giving you is worth getting and that is better than any other channel. But the way we execute that is quite differently. For example, the way we connect with customers has completely changed. A lot of it is done, actually, as I can say, offline, or they call it now asynchronous, but it means that a lot of the connections you're making with people isn't about the cold call anymore. It's about what people are reading about you or consuming about you, maybe in another geography in the middle of what is your night. So there's a lot more skills now around prospecting and connecting with buyers, but also the engagements themselves have changed. I think buyers have raised the bar hugely and they expect a very high level of performance from salespeople. Now, it's not so much about the hand around the shoulder anymore or the slap on the back. It's about what's the quality of the advice that you're giving me? So it's become very performance oriented. And the virtual world is quite cruel in that regard, Carl. It, it, it kind of sanitizes the conversation so that if what you're doing isn't useful, it would be very obvious 
to the buyer very quickly that it isn't. And Michael, is it true to say that different channels require different approaches? Yeah, this is, this is a huge issue. I mean, the, the name they give it to us now is this omni-channel approach. But for example, today, uh, I'll give you a real example. I'm recording a video for a client for a particular context. So that's a particular channel that requires a particular approach and skill. But that's different than reaching out through LinkedIn, which is different than email, which is different again from face-to-face. And that's before you start writing blogs or you develop content. So there's there's all of this mix now between the channels that you use and the content that's required. So there's a lot more skills required and you have to start customizing for each of those channels. And for example, writing has become a skill that's now more important than sales. It used to be, but it is now. And I think that's going to be a big challenge for salespeople going forward. They're going to have to draw on all their faculties and capabilities now in this multi-channel environment. But Carol, to tell you the truth, I think it makes it more exciting rather than necessarily seeing it as more challenging. And of course, there's never been as many digital engagement tools available to businesses, but there's so many of them out there, it becomes very complex to find a one that's relevant to your business. Well, it's, it's very interesting that you say that because I was talking to a colleague of mine in the US during the week and he said to me that there's a minimum of 8,000 sales-related tools in the marketplace at the moment. And that's just in the sales area. So how do you sort all that out? I suppose it's partly why people like myself are in business. We help companies sort that out. But you need to do that now because otherwise you'll end up playing around with all these various tools and they're going nowhere. It's one of the downsides of digital. There are too many, if you like, suites to pick from. So there might be a bit of help required in terms of picking the right one, but it's all down to what you want to achieve with your customers, how you want to reach out to them, what type of customer they are, where not just where they're located, but what type of category or business are they in and what might work. So as we kind of answer your question in summary, it's all a bit more complicated and complex. So you have a bit more uh, thinking to do and you've got to hire people as well that can grapple with these issues now. And of course, we're dealing in a market today where it's very difficult to get staff, never mind say get quality staff. So how do you overcome that challenge? Again, I would deal a lot with the SME or SMB sector. And I think SMEs are going to have to raise their own game here. In other words, they're going to have to do more internal development. They're, for example, if you hire a new salesperson that I'd be recommending to a company, you need to have an onboarding program, some sort of what they call an enablement program. Because people are attracted to companies that have a plan and a plan that will help them to be better as well. That's why people go to big companies. One of the reasons, sometimes they get better paid as well, but they also go for the training, for the development. That's critical now that people see that they can develop their skills. So really the deal is this, help people to develop and they'll help you to develop. I don't think you can get away from that formula now, but all the tools are available now to do that. And I don't think there's any reason that any small company can't get up to speed in terms of developing their staff very quickly. For example, all the development platforms are available. It's not that difficult to develop content now. And I'd be highly recommending that to small to medium businesses. Develop that internal platform so you can attract the right quality of people. And in terms of attracting the right quality of people, from your insights and experience, Michael, what are the characteristics of a good salesperson to start with? 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm also, one of the things we do in Sales Virtual is we, we also uh, recruit, So, and I've been involved in recruitment myself for the past um, five, six years. So I, I think the number one is a qualitative one, Carl. It's, it's not necessarily a, a highly cognitive piece or you, that you've got to pass an exam. I think it's that you've got to have the desire to be in sales. Sales is a quite a difficult job. It's, it's, it's not an ordinary job. Some of the things you have to do in it are kind of nearly unnatural, right? The, the sort of disciplines you need. So you need to have a desire, not just to be in it, you have to have a desire to acquire the skills. And part of that is the curiosity. I think that's, that's a qualitative thing you have to look for. The other piece then, which is maybe a more hard type of skill, is you have to be still very good at the organization, the planning, and the routine. It's that discipline that you bring. And they're not easy things to spot, but I think the way you figure that out is when you hire someone new, you need to have an onboarding program. And how they really behave in that first month will tell you very much if they're right for the job or not. And I think that's why people need the onboarding programs just to figure out, have I hired the right person? And what are your thoughts in relation to embellishing the recruitment process to include a video presentation, a telephone call, let's say a prospecting call, and also to include a written piece that you get an insight into somebody's ability to write, which is becoming more and more important? Yeah, look, that's, that's a fantastic point you're raising because I was doing this 25 years ago. I was getting people to write pieces because I wanted to see sort of what their thinking processes were because I was really asking them to go in front of customers and present their thinking. Now you can do that in a single in a single go, if you like. You can ask someone to record a video, write something up, yeah, uh, provide a presentation. In other words, get people to do multiple small tasks and see how well they do them, how comfortable they are with them. That might force some people as well maybe to do a bit of practice before they submit that. And I think it's because the tools are available now to do that, that it should become the norm. So I typically would recommend an initial phone call. That, that, that's still strong. You know, interview screening, because you can do that virtually now. Yeah. Submit a video, then submit some sort of uh, task or perform some sort of task, do a presentation around that. In other words, do what you'd have to do in real life during the process. And very quickly, you begin to see the people who are cut out for this. We live at a time also where buyers have never been as informed as they are today. People have access yeah. to so much information and in some respects they're self-led buyers. So how does the salesperson step into that without making the buyer feel anyway uncomfortable? Yeah, this is, this, is a, this is a difficult one because buyers love the self-led piece. In other words, the B2B buyer now behaves like a consumer as well. They can say, look, I have my phone here. I can look after myself. First of all, you've got to play to that provide people with the content that allows them to go a certain distance on their own. But what tends to happen in B2B is that the buyer realizes at a certain point, I need some advice here. And this is what I call a quality dialogue piece. In other words, you need to get something out to that buyer. And again, you can use digital tools to do that. You need to get something out to that buyer that says, there's a dialogue we could have here where my advice would be really valuable. But I actually say to salespeople is a very straightforward thing. Work with people to help them make a good decision, whether they buy from you or not. I think if you take that approach, Carl, in the sales world, loads of people will talk to you because you remove the threat of selling. I think it's a huge thing in sales. We need to remove the threat of selling. Yeah. And introduce this idea that we're here to help people make decisions. Someone will buy from us, 
Some of them don't. But it's no different than when people walk into a store. Some people buy, some people don't. They buy one brand, they don't buy the other. But I think the salesperson can become the brand there. I think this is really crucial for Irish companies that their salespeople become their value proposition in some ways and become their differentiator. And that is perfectly possible for the vast majority of companies yeah. that, that need to use personal selling as part of their toolkit. Otherwise, it makes total sense just to go online and stick to that. And so often, companies that do take selling and sales seriously focus all of their energy into the sales process and refining that with almost ignoring the buying process that the customer has. How important is it, in your opinion, that the seller understands the buyer's process to buy? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you really raised that one because in the last probably, let's say, 20 years, particularly in the country the size of Ireland where we've been modernising a lot of our approaches, the way people would have gone about fixing sales or improving sales is they introduced the sales process. And, 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 and that certainly helped a lot of companies. But what was always required along the way was to see the world from the buyer's point of view and to try to get yourself into those shoes. In fact, the modern way now is to look at the sales process if you like, on the one hand, but on the other hand is to draw out a completely separate buying journey, buying process that the comp- that the, the buyer goes through and cater to that. In other words, insert yourself in at the right point. You can also help to shape that in some ways through your, through your content and your digital channel. So, for example, some of my clients are starting to use what are called digital sales rooms. They're actually really digital buying rooms where the buyer and the seller formally engages essentially on a digital page. But I'll tell you what they do is they, they develop a more cooperative approach. It's, it's not me chasing a buyer. It's the buyer working with me using a digital tool to figure out how to develop a relationship. And sometimes they'll buy and sometimes they won't. I think that's a much more rational way to go about things. And Michael, you also believe that digital has levelled the playing field between SMEs and large companies. Yeah, and now somebody else might come along and tell you, look, there's a study that shows that uh, the big companies are spending all this money and, and they'll own the markets. But I don't think that's really the case in practice. First of all, there's a ton of Irish companies out there with brilliant products. Right? We're actually good at developing products in all the different categories in Ireland, including software, even though you know, the US market would have maybe been more famous for that. But uh, the, I think... We, we need to see that the tools are available now to everybody. It's not like only a big company can afford them. So, for example, that idea I mentioned of a digital sales room, that's available now to any size of company. Good content is development, is, is, development is available to any size of company. All the digital outreach tools are available. It's more having one or two experts in the company and hiring one or two really good pieces of skill to make that happen. So I think there's a lot of companies out there, if they pick the right fights and they make the right small investments and they train their people to deliver quality dialogue, for example, train a salesperson to deliver a good quality video that can be recorded in two minutes to their buyer, the buyer will talk to them no matter what part of the world they're in or even if they're competing with bigger companies. And I see, I see this part all the time where small Irish companies own 50% of a global market, yeah, and they're a fraction of the size of their competitors, and it's down to the quality of the engagement that they're using. So that, that's a huge you know, potential for a company like Ireland, I think. 
Michael, we've covered a lot of ground here this morning about the changing world of sales and the disruption that's currently going on. But to finish this morning's interview, what are your top tips for businesses out there today growing their business through selling? Well, I'd say, first of all, go back and look at the digital world and the tools that are available to you now. If you need a bit of outside help, go to somebody and get it as well, because those tools make you, make you much more effective. You've, you've got to live now in the digital and virtual world, even if part of your process is still face-to-face selling. You've got to leverage those tools. I mean, they're there for the taking now. The second thing is SMEs are going to have to start investing a bit more in their people. It's not just a case of I'll hire you and off you go. They've got to start doing some of the things that larger companies do in terms of equipping people to be successful. And I'd also say go out and compete with this mindset, there is a level playing field and that you can outcompete bigger, better resource competitors on the quality of your engagement, the quality of your dialogue, and sort of the good intent that you bring to the market. Carl, I've often said that you get business through good intent. If you can get that out to buyers, they will engage with you irrespective of their culture or ethnicity or their geography. That never goes away. Human beings will always gravitate where there's quality dialogue, quality ideas, and where they can see people who are going to help them be more successful. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Michael McGowan from Sales Virtual, and I'd like to thank Michael for sharing some valuable sales tips with us this morning. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.